0: Hello all far and wide and welcome back to another episode of Outcome, It's Not Black and White. My name is Matt Schiff and I'm your host for today and every day thereafter, (laughs) lucky you, where my role is to bridge the gap between teasing out the mindsets, principles, tools and stories that high performing individuals have used to shape their current reality and deliver that to you through your ears. I hope that you enjoy. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Outcome Podcast. On this particular episode, you will hear the voices of co-founders of a startup called JobJack. As a brief introduction, JobJack was created as a platform for job seekers and employers to connect. The co-founders, Christian and Hein, realized after organizing very many waitering jobs for friends and family, that there was a need for a singular platform where job seekers can find available positions. JobJack is a marketplace for entry level positions, focusing on posting jobs that require no tertiary education. And by staying up to date with technology, they have found and created an easy to use platform for users to register, creating a JobJack CV, and giving them free access to apply for positions within their very own areas. Companies have the same option to register on the JobJack platform as well and post for these available positions, giving them access to reliable and relevant candidates. This conversation was absolutely fantastic. I know both Christian and Hein from back in my varsity days, um, but how these two individuals came to be, uh, they're actually met while doing their audited articles. And that is quite, it's something we touched on a little bit within our conversation as well. I thought it was quite interesting. Both studied at Stellenbosch And after playing around with various ideas uh, within their own varsity's days, Hein, as an example, tried to sell single cigarette vending machines, and Christian uh, started his own clothing company while selling tobacco pipes as well. They came up with the idea Job Jack and approached one another at a particular time in the middle of 2000, or towards the start of 2018, to get the idea off the ground. This conversation was my first live recording done with the guys from Job Jack. So thanks in advance to, to them for enjoying uh, the hour long conversation also. Uh, we obviously, we spoke a little bit about more. at grassroots level from which it began, but unpacked a little bit more around their mission and values as well. During the time, the unemployment rate within South Africa, the news around unemployment rate in South Africa had just been released. So it was a topic we had covered as well, as what well is the youth unemployment rate. And these two have racked up some accolades, although they have just been shy of two years of their existence. Hain has been mentioned in the top 35, under 35, um, through the South African Institute of Chartered Accountants, uh, online magazine or CyCA articles, The guys have also been um, nominated on the appsafrica.com Innovation Awards, which essentially celebrates the best mobile and technology for Africa in in changing the continent and changing their socioeconomic environment. So from the humble idea of helping out simple friends and family with waitering jobs um, has sort of boomed into quite an exciting platform to really make a tangible difference to those who have struggled to find jobs within the areas uh, which in they live. I hope that you enjoy the conversation. Good. hi, good morning. Thank you for joining me on the Outcome podcast morning. How's it going guys? Awesome man,
1: uh, it's going great. Thanks so much for having us. It's really cool. pleasure. Yeah. Always, always good.
0: We're sitting out here for those that can't see. We're sitting at just off Tiger Valley at the moment. I'm busy Recording the next stage of the Outcome podcast with both Chris and Hine from Job Jack. Um, you would have heard a bit about them in the introduction. And it's an absolute privilege to be sitting down with you guys. At least. I've got so many questions, so many exciting little touch points to go through, especially with the latest news about unemployment rates and how Job Jack came to be, your own personal histories, and we'll sort of flow with it as we go about. Um, definitely the first place I would love to start Hi, you're due to get married in just less than 30 days in just a month? Yes. How are you feeling? What's, what is going
2: through your mind at this point? I'm prepared. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm no, very excited. Um, almost everything has been arranged. So the, the stress of getting everything uh, ready for the wedding is almost done. And now it's just uh, enjoying the last month and and uh, looking forward to every part of it.
1: Yeah, I thinks he's going to enjoy it, but I'm organizing his bachelors, so... He uh, still needs to be humbled a,
0: a little bit. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. So, when when is the bachelor's been? Oh,
1: uh, that's a surprise. That's a surprise. That's really a surprise. A surprise. No, there's just so many
0: weekends left. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure the nerves are a little bit there, but it sounds um, it sounds very exciting. And uh, congratulations to you. you and Chris! Congratulations for organising it. The- <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: don't congratulate
0: me yet. Okay. Congratulate me yet. Can't wait to see what we'll comes with. Um, just some exciting news for for those that are listening. Uh, Guys, I want to start right back at the beginning because I remember being at Stellenbosch with the two of you, and we didn't necessarily come across each other's paths too often, but Chris, you and I have worked on the uh, SRC or in a variety of sort of leadership platforms within, within Stellenbosch. Um, let's start back there. Can we perhaps maybe uh, use the launch padders? Where did you guys come from? What well, How did Stellenbosch come into play? And um, what was the university experience
2: like for you guys back then? Um, you know, from my side, I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, I uh, obviously went to Stellenbosch to study, so that's how Stellenbosch bosch came into my life. Um, and uh, I studied B-Accounting or b and uh, in, in order to become a chartered accountant. At the, in my, during my first year, I, uh, I wasn't sure that that was the route that I wanted to go because um, I knew that I wanted to be an entrepreneur, but I didn't know. I wasn't 100% sure which route to go. But at the end of the day, I decided to go the the C A route because the thinking was that um, it would prepare me best and give me the most exposure from a, the degree perspective with regards to different businesses, especially during your articles to prepare me for the next stage of my life, which was entrepreneurship. Mm. Okay. Interesting. And
0: Chris?
1: Yeah, likewise. Um, so even in high school or just leaving high school, um, I was actually having this inner struggle between going to study um, drama um, and, uh, and accounting. Accounting being, you know, this kind of uh, safe route and drama being kind of a passion. Um, but I found um, yeah, go. Let's let's go do something that gives us a good base, uh, and from there we can work uh, to to what gives us joy. And uh, and we found that now, uh, but obviously getting there was a process. So we we didn't even meet uh, at varsity wow, okay. uh, either. Hein is, is a year or two older than I am, um, so we just missed each other here and there, um, and then we met uh, in doing our, our audit articles um, after after. Uh, Studies here. Okay. No, I
2: just had cool friends
1: at the past No, I need no friends, and uh, and that's why we kind of uh, the
0: perfect integration. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's brilliant. I'm in our um, preparation for today's discussion. You had written to me in a little note, and I hope you don't mind me saying, but you, you were hustling since conception. <laughs> 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 do, you, do you care to elaborate a little bit on what that what that means, or perhaps your experience in hustling from birth?
2: Um. Yeah, no, I was just negotiating with my mother as to when I'm coming out. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, um, I've always um, no, I wanted to be an entrepreneur. In the, my younger years, I was leaning towards, I'm going to say engineering, but more like inventing stuff. And that then turned into inventing business ideas and so forth. And it started from school, from Selling probably about 1,500 arm bangles in school over a period of a week, um, up until a point where those arm bangles were banned in school because everyone wore them, to, um, to, to tackling lots of different ideas. Because ideas, um, if you have an open mind and going through life, you encounter a lot of problems. And if you... Look at those problems with an open mind. Usually, an idea flows from those problems. So I've got a big bookshelf of ideas, and I always believe that you must bring an idea up until the point where you can make a decision whether you should pursue that idea or not, yeah. and whether it's a, a, a researching the idea for a week, or just thinking about it for a day, or actually trying something um, to figure out whether this is a good idea or not. Um, and and yeah, so the, there's a, from selling honey pots door to door. To, uh, at the end of the day, spending about two years during my varsity years building uh, single cigarette vending machines to Job jack and then many more things in between.
0: So, yeah. That's yes. very, very interesting. And uh, I, think, I think it's quite, I, I'm always fascinated how people get into it. And you say you have this sort of ideas bookshelf or this, you have this, um, this sort of mindset where you can pitch this idea, be courageous enough to believe it, and then follow through with action. And did that ever come from <coughs> your parents or? Was that something within the family that was just
2: always there to push the boundaries
0: in a way? I'm not sure. So, my, my father was a very successful
2: businessman, but he followed the corporate route. So, he, um, he wasn't an entrepreneur himself, but he did run a big company. Um, so, not from my parents, but both me and my brother are entrepreneurial in, in extremely opposite different ways. I'm focused on tech, and he's like, always say he's a retailer. He, uh, he likes to work with things he can touch, but uh, but no, I'm not sure where it comes from. <laughs> um,
0: I want to come back to your, your single cigarette vending machine instead of much because I'm sure that was quite, a, quite an interesting experience when that came about for, for two years. But prior to that, Chris, you have quite an extensive experience, background with... A clothing store and selling
1: tobacco as well. <laughs> Gives you leverage Um money. Yeah, sure. So, uh, likewise, and but I think m- my experience came from my father was uh, kind mm-hmm. of an entrepreneur, uh, not necessarily selling things, but but uh, doing his own ventures. And um, mm-hmm. so, when varsity hit, um, he was he gave us you know x amount for for food, uh, the bare minimum, and the rest you know was up to us. Uh, so uh, one of the one of the things I started doing was uh, selling tobacco pipes um, to uh, first friends and then to various residences. Um, even making the um, the kind of uh, end of year function gifts. Um, so like pretty pretty much at scale, you know, uh, engraving and selling tobacco pipes, and that was pretty cool. But then. My moral convictions kind of got to me later, so I was like, you know, let's let's take a different route. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I started um, a clothing company or two actually, um, where where we kind of focused on uh, the one was just experimental kind of uh, you know those two tone shirts, those uh, those former two tone shirts, we kind of modernised them, uh, and we started selling them by the boatload. uh, People wanted it, I guess, yeah. as Fally's are doing it so well no, now. if people like that nostalgic look. Uh, and then moving over to kind of, uh, so we had a, a kind of a, a, a faith-like brand, uh, which we wanted to ch- just get out into the market. And, and from that, we started uh, selling to quite a lot of churches, quite a lot of uh, individuals. And then from that, uh, I also started uh, selling uh, or making clothes for entire residences. So, um, I mean, and that's... Kind of mass orders yeah. um, but that took a lot of time so i did end up uh, doing my three-year course in in four years uh, with the leadership and involvement in business um but it was totally worth it because i mean the the experience you learn there is is what you know gets you through um but yeah so and then that ended kind of when when i started doing my articles because then you have to focus and I had to do my uh, honours uh, part-time through through Unisa as well while doing my articles because my father gave me four years and I used my four years. Right. Uh, yeah,
0: It's interesting, I think that I reflect back now to those other studies and it seems like a dream <laughs> <laughs> how long ago it was, firstly, wasn't that long but it just feels like it was so, so long ago but also if I think about the times where I could have sold something or pitched an idea or... Followed through. I must admit, my personality I was invested a lot into sports, hmm. so multi-sports, but then it was perhaps the SRC or some sort of leadership committee, but there was never really that entrepreneurial, um, I don't know, a curiosity. And that's, I guess, my upbringing my personality. And it's, it's so fascinating to hear how on the exact same campus during the exact same period, there are people that are doing things because they've got a four-year, like, university span, or they've just been curious by it as well. Um, did any of you have... Any particular resources that you used when either starting the vending machine, the cigarette vending machine? Was it like a? I've seen this before. I want to sort of copy and paste the business model and see if it works, or perhaps the the starting a business in clothing, selling the clothing. How did you? How did you know where to simply begin? What was that first step? Um,
1: yes, yeah, So, so I, th- I think, well, from from my side, and, and I think myself and I think about these things pretty. Uh, pretty clearly, and he, and he explained earlier. Is anyone can have an idea, is to really take the next step to actually go go look at how to implement that idea. Uh, and I think for both of us, it, it maybe uh, came just a bit more naturally to take that next step into looking. Okay, how are we going to do this? Because a lot of people say, "How did you start it?" And then you're like, "Well, I, I just googled uh, places to make clothes, um, and I drew an, a design, and I googled places to help design logos." Right. And the first five uh, contacts, you know, I phoned up and chatted to them. And once I figured, oh, it's, it's actually pretty easy, uh, then I actually just did it. So I think it's, it's literally taking the next step of Googling uh, or just speaking to one or two people uh, that puts that, uh, the possibility just in, into your grasp. Han, um, I'm, I'm not sure if that resonates with you.
2: Yeah, I think I can give you a little quick practical story of the single cigarette vending machines that I remember in my first year um, a lot of people in, 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 in the res were smoking ugly and a lot of times at night they would uh, run out of coals or flavor or whatever and they would want to you know, send someone to the store and it was always a big asshole so walking back from one day, I thought oh a vending machine that sells coals and flavor and then between that's a good idea and then between class and the res I, I thought it through and realized that's a stupid idea mm-hmm. so but then out of that flew but what about um, because at that stage, um, a lot of people were smoking socially, so when they go out, they smoke one or two cigarettes, but um, otherwise they don't smoke. Um, and then I thought, well, out of that idea came this idea um, I did as Kristen said that somebody should found that there is such a machine in South Africa. I bought it. Uh, it was a manual machine, it worked. Maybe 70% of the time. Um, So people were knocking. So I put it up in the res. People were knocking at my door um, constantly because the thing wasn't working. And then that, you know, that was a problem. But I did still did a lot of sales. So there was something that could work, but it wasn't working effectively. So you can't scale it at all. And then I literally taught myself everything necessary to, to build over the next two years. That thing via Google, via looking at videos. I designed the PC boards, had them printed, <coughs> designed the layout of the machine, um, had the parts, laser cut and printed. The first prototype I built didn't even fit into like together, it was useless. The um, uh, program, the chips to run the thing, oh, Lots of different taught myself lots of different skills and able to build that machine or machines at the end of the day. Right,
0: well I mean I love what you guys are saying, I least that's kind of the reason I alluded to the question was I, in preparation for this conversation right now, find a lot of your own personalities quite clearly in how you went about starting whatever venture you may have, to what JobJack does now for the individual who's past a job seeker or someone who's looking to get a job. And we can, we'll can touch on JobJack in just a bit. Um, but I, I do think that it's, like, it's exceptionally, it's, it's almost like a golden thread. I don't know if mm-hmm. you guys, I'm sure you guys have seen it, it's your personalities as well. Um, but before we jump right into what JobJack is and how it is, I want to hear about where the two of you met about JobJack. How did that conversation happen and how did JobJack, the name, come to be? Oh.
1: Um, so, as I mentioned earlier, myself and Hein made while doing our audit articles. Um, so, that's a three year uh, kind of um, preparation to become a CA. Um, and you paid minimum, minimum, uh, not minimum wage. Uh, obviously, we're much much for, more fortunate. Um, but, but you kind of forced to say, okay, what after this, what, what next? And, um, I mean, the ideas, ideas have always been flowing. So, uh, from hindsight, you know, he's always been, uh, been writing down his ideas and, and myself as well uh, on my phone, as soon as, as soon as I think of something, I, I go about that. And, um, so Hein was uh, third year at the time and I was second year, uh, in my, in order to articles. And, um, so one day I, I was thinking of this idea and, uh, of like a competition kind of, you know, just, uh, to, to get people to, uh, to hear of various competitions. Cause you always find out about these competitions too late. And I was like, Oh, this is so cool. And I went to him to kind of just ask his advice. Um, cause we become pretty good friends by then. And, um, he was like, uh, that's, that's cool. But, but no, uh, he doesn't want to get involved at all. He's doing his own thing. Um, and I was like, okay, whatever, it's fine, you know, I'll just carry on. And um and as I went deeper into the research, I realized, okay, this is this is just not gonna work. It's it's too complex. And um so I went on to the next idea that I've that i would written down and <clears throat> and that was for um for something that came across uh, when my mother-in-law, uh, she organizes a few events here and there and, and she, uh, just a month or two before that, she asked me um, if I could organize a few waiters that I still knew at Varsity uh, to help her out. And I organized a few guys and um, afterwards, the, the payment just came through me and, and a week or two later, uh, they started messaging me and their friends started messaging me and their friends' friends started messaging me, asking me if I had more of these kind of, quick or inter-level or jobs. And I was like, surely there is some kind of platform for this. And I did some extensive research and I found there's no dominating player that's catering for these kind of jobs. Um, so I went to Hein and uh, because I knew I wanted someone to do this with me. Uh, obviously, uh, I always uh, speak of, you know, you're the average of the five people you spend, spend the most time with. And, and, you know, you should surround yourself with people that are better than you. And you know, in came Mr. Bellingen. and um, and so uh, yeah, so we so we started seeing the uh, the need for this, and we started kind of testing it out and, and doing some manual jobs. So I mean, while you know, while doing our while auditing other companies, we were kind of hustling and, and organizing a few jobs uh, over the phone, over WhatsApp, uh, and we really saw the the proof of concept come to life. And um, I think the name. Came from one day, I mean, we were spitballing a a bunch of names and we didn't want to limit ourselves to, you know, specific aspects, you know, whether it just be for waiters or whether it just be for promotional stuff. We wanted something that could scale and that could go wider as we grow as a company. Um, So, and we wanted something that, you know, just says, you know, I seen it like it, just, you know, it just sounds nice. Um, Job Jack. Yeah. And so so I I told Ayn one day, I'm like, what about Job Jack? And he was like, yeah, say it again, <laughs> Job Jack. Um, so, yeah, it was just, and I mean, it's kind of Jack of all trades, you know, Jack in the box. It's just this nice connotation that people have with,
0: with you know, the word Jack and Job. And,
1: yeah. So it was, yeah, it was, just came, came
0: together, came to life. Right. And I mean, two minutes ago, or five minutes ago, you mentioned that, you know, coming into your auditing period, it's now time to focus. And this is a period where <laughs> all of a sudden that idea sparks in life. <laughs> Uh, be it the universe be it something that's telling <clears throat> you that there is a need for it and the two of you decide to embark upon this adventure mm-hmm. which is now job check. yeah <laughs> and what does that next step look like is it a let's get an office and have it, and have it. so so we uh,
2: as Christian mentioned already as first step first validation we organized a few jobs over the phone and that gave us the courage to take the next step so we uh, had an MVP built, um, okay. which is a uh, minimum product. minimum viable product it's like the most basic version of getting something out there into the market so so the, the the next phase was to to start um, putting it online so that you know we can start looking at automating everything but uh, we realized that that doesn't happen quickly um, so we outsourced uh, the first version uh, we started at the end of our articles and I finished up my articles at the end of the year and then from the next year I uh, dived fully 100% into JobJack uh, and we launched on the 6th of February mm. our first version, which was terrible, but it was there. <laughs> and it was the, something. And, and, opened, and, and uh, so we worked from my apartment, so uh, at my desk there. Yeah. And, um, uh, and in the first month, we started getting jobs and started filling them and started getting people signing up. And placing them in these positions at that stage, we were focusing on one-off jobs, yeah. so extra waiters for a wedding, marshals for a marathon, and so forth. That, that, that's how we started off with. Um, but but yeah, just to summarise the start, we just went for it. Yeah, yeah.
1: brilliant. I think um, I to kind of uh, you know answer a, another part of your question was, uh, and you're right, like you know we had to focus. Kind of, um, I remember at a time our our managing partner uh, sat me down and uh, cause he, he'd heard of this little thing, you know, that, that I had on the side. And, um, and he said, listen, Christian, so you are, you know, you, in your second years of, of articles or that might've been the beginning of my third year, uh, you've just gotten married a few months ago. Um, and I was writing uh, my second board exam, or uh, I was busy with my honors, I think then as well, kind of full time. Um, you know, are you sure? <laughs> are you sure you want to take on this? And uh, you know, I told him, and he said, "Can't it wait." And then I, I just told him, "Well, no. This is just something that, that really can't wait. Um, I mean, there's a massive need, you know, as stats are showing. Mm. Um, and luckily, I mean, luckily, I did surround myself with someone like Hein uh, that really uh, found the heart that that I had for it as well uh, to really, you know, take ownership. And uh, and I mean, that's that's part of our a recipe for success is, is really uh, bouncing off each other, feeding off each other. Um, and and yeah, I think our next step at that point was to say, okay, cool, let's see for the next at least six months where we can get it, where the verticals are, where the possibilities are, and what we need to work on from our MVP. And I think it, it ties into uh, thinking, you know, a lot of people think, okay, shucks, I need this massive amount of capital uh, to start anything. I mean, for, for the clothing company, even, I didn't have anything. I got a few pre-orders, and from that you get money, and then you start start something small, uh, piece by piece. Mm-hmm. And for this as well, we we uh, made it, you know, not a lot, but if, uh, a little bit um, through the manual processes, through the manual jobs. And with that, we could prove, you know, a source of income. And uh, we went to to an angel investor, and and we just said, okay, we just need very very small amount, um, which was you know easily actually repayable by us should it not work, mm-hmm. uh, but should it work. It wasn't a lot. A lot that we needed for the MVP, and with, with the MVP, we could then prove further and et cetera and etc. Right.
0: And you say sixth of February last year, yep, two
1: thousand eighteen. Yeah. Two thousand eighteen.
0: So it's really two years into, mm. well, into its uh, its lifespan. Mm, yeah. That's incredible. That's so. That's amazing. And um, I suppose after that first six months, the, the the proof was in the pudding, if you would say. It was clearly a need for it, and um, but in a country like a housing certain areas, provinces, regions like ours, obviously access to internet, access to postal services, which we know of is not the greatest. What was your thinking around how do you overcome these barriers?
2: Um, I think to summarize it, um, we were thinking of the future. So we knew that, uh, so our target market is more the youth, mm-hmm. which has our penetration of, of internet usage and cell phones and so forth. Um, so that was, uh, the, f- the first part of our thinking with regards to uh, bringing this problem uh, and tackling it with an online solution. And then also we thought of uh, looking at the future in terms of, um, <coughs> so we considered uh, building it as an SMS uh, type of USSD servers mm-hmm. where internet connection is not necessarily required, but we thought, um, cool, um, we can build that, but in three years or in five years, that's going to be redundant because The world is moving and South Africa is moving all the more to a a, a society that is connected via phone. If someone doesn't have their own phone, a family phone or a friend's phone. But it's moving towards a place where most people do have access Mm. to the internet in some way. Mm.
1: I I think, uh, so as Hein mentioned earlier, in the beginning, we were focusing on ones of jobs. So it was a little bit more focused uh, towards students. Um, which, you know, which all do have access to data or, or, smartphones. And, um, and as we grew, we started seeing, you know, the need from, uh, from various, you know, kind of market groups, uh, that we kind of didn't include in the beginning, uh, always kind of possibly in the back of our head. Uh, and then we, we really started noticing that they do have access to, uh, you know, to at least phones with web browsers. So we pur- purposefully didn't uh, build mobile apps, uh, yet uh we we base it on a web app so it's easily accessible by any phone that has a web browser and uh we were surprised by the amount of uh you know lower l s m kind of groups that really do have access to uh data light models uh you know that that can um they can really use our our app as as well as any any person can on a on a desktop as well um but as I mentioned it was really thinking of what's gonna be are uh, a sustainable model to go for, even though not everyone can. Uh, what we also learned is m- most people have, you know, even one phone between a family or mm-hmm. a cousin or whatever the case may be, and that's enough, that's
2: sufficient. And we, we the web browser approach, we um, built everything mobile first so that it works well on a mobile <coughs> mm-hmm. uh, because I think 83 or
0: something percent of our users access DropJack from a phone. Brilliant. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's a, that's. A- Exceptionally high number, yeah? Yeah. and that's awesome to think. Like you say, from anywhere, one family member between however many could have access yeah. to that What was your experience with marketing project Because I mean, one one thing is to to have a platform available. How would people finding you there, and what was the where did you learn to to do that? Was also, googling <laughs> to <after> market things
1: <laughs> so it, it, it was uh, you anyway, yeah, <laughs> know um, amongst others, uh, but I think uh, so. There is such a need for for our platform, and and I think. Um yeah one of the, I mean one of the first ways we started marketing was just over facebook and, and instagram your your socials and um and that you know it, it, it caught on pretty quick but as we kind of pivoted our focus uh towards more permanent jobs um and to to bit more you know of of the lower lower LSM groups um that was almost. You know, mostly uh, word of mouth. Uh, it was really, you know, actually providing people with a job. You get so much, you know, scams nowadays of people promising jobs or advertising fake jobs. Um, so I think that that helped a lot. And it's, you know, it's continually helping. Um, but something, I mean, we started playing around with as well was, was Google Ads. Um, and I mean, honestly, that's our, our two basic Advertising models is Facebook and Google Ads, and at the moment that's sufficient. Um, we we have uh, an incredible um, marketing leader uh, w- uh, that works with us, um, Carla. She's she's incredible with regards to content, and and um, she's she's got a, a, an honours in marketing from Salamos as well. Uh, actually, I think our whole team uh, comes from Marty's. Yeah, all from Greece. Uh, yeah, really all ten of us. Uh, Car- Car- Carla was our first hire. So, yeah, so, right, so sure. Our first hire was someone with it. With a marketing degree, which obviously helped out. Yep. Pretty yeah. helpful. Um, and and my sister is also in marketing, so we kind of we kind of leached off, you know, yeah. uh, other people's uh, knowledge, which is which is you know probably something you can do. But but yeah, because it's such a need, we never really found it super difficult to to market our product. Mm. Um, but that is something that we're continually working on, and people have told us, you know, things that we might be taking for granted, we actually just accidentally fell into. Right. So yeah. yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Oh, I can add to that.
2: I mean, we, we sometimes do fly drops. We work with community leaders and community centers mm-hmm. just to make sure everyone has an opportunity to apply for, yep. for a position. Because you want, if there's a job in, let's say, Philippi, you want the people from Philippi to have the opportunity to apply for that job. Mm-hmm. What we also um, are doing now, so with the companies that we work with, when someone uh, comes to apply for, to ask you if they have a job, then they refer them to Job Jam. Uh, do apply for the job, which really helps as well. Yeah, well.
1: even I mean something we've we've started playing with is uh, every user, not every user, but every user that wants to uh, can sign up as a promoter, uh, and they get a unique promoter code. And for every person, then they can share that on WhatsApp or over their socials. And every person that signs up with their unique signup code, uh, they get let's say a round or two in data. Um, so that's something. I mean, we really it was an obvious solution for us, so we started trying it out, and we didn't even think anything of it. In, We've heard, well, wow, you know that's a pretty cool idea. Um, but I think, yeah, we've really just been blessed with with great ideas to to help.
0: Oh, that's fascinating. I mean, you, you, you said it's an, it's an obvious It was an obvious idea. That it, to me it's like it's incredible. You're getting word of mouth is so sort of powerful as well, especially if it's mm-hmm. going to help a community or family member as well. That why wouldn't somebody go out and be like, here is yeah. and try it, just see what happens from it. And yeah. you know, if I get a bit of a incentive from it like getting one round or two round the data here and there, like. Why not? Mm. That's awesome. Yeah. That's very, very cool. And um, having your team with <clears throat> uh, coming in, your sister assisting, Carla helping out with the marketing um, and sort of treating it, I suppose, trial and error. Were there any particular failures that you had gotten failures like quote unquote, were there any particular difficulties or barriers that you had to pivot from? So, I mean, just a, a, a fact of the matter is that the entire team is from Stellenbosch. Did you have any uh, difficulty approaching areas like Philippi or approaching certain places around Town or South Africa at large in marketing job there.
2: We, Kristen and I, we've literally gone into the townships and went from house to house to drop off flyers and speak to um, the people living in some of these areas to get the uh, direct feedback, mm-hmm. if I can put it like that. Um, and then we uh, w- with the promoters that we've had that, for example, went and did flyer fly drops in areas that we were not and obviously we interact with them we're getting feedback from them and what we also do is we uh, do lots of follow-ups with um, with our users where we give them a call and we chat to them and uh, just to get that um uh, feedback from the ground if i can put it like that to assist us with making our decisions
1: yeah i think something that we really went or go into every day is we know we don't know everything i mean we still don't know what we don't know but we know that you know we do come out of a privileged background, um, and we've really tried to incorporate, um, you know, just the differences in, in you know, the the cultural kind of backgrounds to really be open to receiving feedback in a way. I mean, the way we've modeled out or built out our, our platform is way different than what we in initially thought, just because we built it, uh, you know, or we thought of building it in a way that we would understand it or we would use it, and that's not... You know, Mm. not close to what it is now, um, because we've really uh, learned to incorporate that there is a difference, and and that we really need to interact and be open to learn um, from people that might not have the education that we have, um, but they just look at the world differently. So I think with regards to that kind of marketing, it it hasn't been too much of a struggle because we've been so open and been so um, you know transparent to how we operate and. And how we uh, interact on or, or need the help of community leaders, as Han mentioned earlier. Um, I think one of the, the shrugging points in the beginning and, and still is now is to, is to get companies to change the way they think. Um, I think, uh, one of the, the biggest, uh, you know, stumbling blocks and not even stumbling blocks, it's just barriers we have to, to get over is at the moment, you know, the companies are taking in paper CVs. Um, they are, you know, going through these paper receivers, they're not spending any direct, you know, uh, expenses or cash on on the, that process. And it's getting them to change their mindset of, listen, um, there isn't a, a way that's more efficient for the job seeker and for you as a company. Uh, so that barrier to entry, but we
0: can probably touch on that a bit yeah. later. It uh, is definitely, I think there's almost, there's probably a few more, but two that come to mind is there's obviously a sustainability aspect for mm-hmm. it going green, printing on paper. Yep. Um, but then there's also that of the cost incurred to apply. Absolutely. And I've obviously yeah. seen that, I think, mm-hmm. pretty earlier this year, correct me if I'm wrong, but you guys were out on SABC for ENCA just to give you a bit more information yeah. about the jacket and actual the cost of applying for a job. Absolutely. Can you
2: dig into that a little bit more? Yeah, yeah. so at the, the norm in South Africa at the moment <clears throat> is for job seekers to print paper CVs and then they either walk or take a taxi to the local businesses and drop off these paper CVs. So there's two major problems with regards to that approach for a job seeker. First one is it's ineffective. So uh, job seekers maybe reach five or ten businesses, but then at the end of the day, it's the eleventh business that actually has a job, but they never connect. And then secondly, it's very expensive. So the um, both the Economist and City Press recently released articles where they estimate the average entry level job seeker spends five hundred and fifty rand per month on printing and transport and internet costs in search of jobs. Now, if you just take that five hundred and fifty rand per month times 12 months a year, times the 6 million inter-level job seekers in South Africa, that means that they're wasting up more than 40 billion rand per year, which these job seekers obviously do not have, yeah. which means they end up sitting at home, not looking for a job, because they cannot afford to look for a job. So from the job seeker side, that's obviously a big problem, and that's why we are we, we don't take in any paper or PDF CVs. Um, We're trying to uh, take away that cost mm. um, of... Applying for jobs on the one side and then on the other side, giving people access to jobs that are actually nearby to where they live. Because transport, not only with regards to initially getting that job, but the transport cost after you got the job is also a very big problem. A lot of people get a job at the end of the month, the transport cost is more than their salary and then they leave the job. Um, And then from the business perspective, I mean, a lot of companies we work with only take and look at paper CVs. They sift through boxes of paper CVs slow, ineffective, and it leads to them not being able to fill all of their vacancies that they have available. And it's big companies, and some of them literally have thousands of unfilled positions because they're not finding relevant applicants because they're only exposed to the applicants that can afford to apply for a job, which, um, which is in South Africa actually almost unacceptable because how can there be thousands of unfilled vacancies in a country with a... Billion percent unemployment rate, yeah. So, um, I
0: think that's the summary. And yeah, that's it. I'm chills to think about it now, and we'll, we'll loop in again. And I'm, I'm deliberately putting off yeah. the, the company side of it just for now. Okay. But can you perhaps add, explain what a job seeker is actually doing? So, if they log into the web browser, what does it look like for them? Is it an entry form? Is it a explain who you are? Uh, so, so, yeah,
1: if they go know. into you know the website, then they just they can click on find a job, and we immediately just take them to a um, a sign-in page or a register page where they just have to put in their name, uh, email, and the location. And once they're on, they can immediately see um, all of the jobs available. So from part-time, part-time jobs to permanent jobs to ones of jobs, mm-hmm. um, categorized differently. Um, but in order for them to apply for these jobs, we lead them to fill in or complete their profile. So their profile would be <clears throat> um, from a profile picture that would be Try and help them upload to um, more information, just statistics about themselves. Where exactly do they live? You know, um, do they have their own transport or do they use public transport? Uh, What nationality they they are? What their second language or third language might be? um, You know, just statistics like that. And then we ask them whether they have training, um, and uh, we. Put in so most of the the input we we get we try and lead them with possible options uh, because you know waiter might be spelt in fifty different ways right. um, and I mean you know it's it's not their fault it's just something they've never learned so we try and help them as much as we can we do have uh, also you know just a kind of an input box of about hundred or two hundred and fifty words where they can um, where they can write something about themselves as well and yeah. showcase that uh, but then we have. Anything from training to previous uh, work experience uh, to previous education, where they can put input that as well, and then their attributes or their interests and their strengths to really help them to connect them to relevant jobs. Uh, so we really try and not just you know stuff anyone into any job that you know could possibly um, you know help them. We really try to gather in as much information as possible to really enable these. Uh, job seekers to get connected to a sustainable job that that fits them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's basically what the profile comes down to. So that at the end of the day, uh, they've got kind of a one pager, um, you know, uh, profile that has more information than most CVs available. Mm-hmm. Um, and and then we we use that to help them to uh, to apply for the for the relevant jobs. Yeah. Uh, to add to that, um, as Christian
2: said, it's a very comprehensive batch of data that we capture so that we can match them. But also job specifically, when they apply for jobs, there might be three or four or five additional questions that mm. pop up specific to that job. It might be, uh, uh, for example, if, if it's a call center job, we might ask them to um, read something and record a voice note on the platform so that we can um, judge the uh, ability to speak English and, right. and so forth. Or just some specific questions that
0: enable us to match people more accurately with the jobs that that yeah. are relevant. And can a person apply for more than one job at the same time? they yes. Can they just wait to bond and like just select the suite of jobs you have yeah. available they and can. then fill out the profile and then submit that? They
2: they can, yes, but um, we are working um, all the more towards a place where we can guide them so that they only apply to jobs that are relevant to them to also help manage the expectations. Right. because. Uh, Obviously, we now I have all of this data. So if someone applies to a job that's irrelevant, then they won't get the job because there's someone that's relevant for that specific job. So to, to guide them and help manage expectations.
0: And I think that's really, really important as well, obviously, because if you think about uh, perhaps someone who's desperate, you know, they're mm-hmm. going to select four out of five boxes because I'm hoping to get something. <coughs> um, yeah. But having that sort of that, uh, that support and that guidance I think sure makes a massive, massive difference. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I think it's a perfect opportunity to include now the, um, the introduction to like how companies get involved. And you already mentioned the, the thousands of applications that they're sifting through that old paperback that are sometimes, you know, they have a particular template which companies like to see or they're looking for something in particular. Um, I personally don't think that a, a CV, a hardcore paperback CV represents the person's personality either, mm-hmm. nor does it really say much about experience or opportunity to grow or learn. Um, so having someone in the room is also a massive difference. And um, how have you experienced that conversation with with companies? So has there been pushback, or has there been an open an openness or an acceptance to like, oh, we understand, but maybe next year or maybe the year after, or I need to talk to someone. Is
1: it a so um, with regards to that? I mean, it's it's always hard to get. A foot in the door uh, you know companies are busy HR people are really busy um, so so what we try and do obviously is, is get in from the top and and we've noticed that once we showcase the value in and the, the simplicity of the process, um, the companies do really you know try and catch on um, but I think it's for companies to kind of move away from oh, you know but it's working we're getting enough paper CVs and we understand that but it's costing these people. A lot of money that they don't have, and it's taking up you know unnecessary time, uh, you know, from you where you can really just as easily spend five minutes going onto your account and seeing the the profiles that have already been screened um, to you know to just pick up the the cream of the crop, if you will. Um, so, I mean, we found companies that are just you know blatantly no, uh, it's just another recruitment agency, um, but these other companies. That sometimes just don't take the time to to really uh, let us showcase uh, them. We found that if we have ten minutes sitting in front of someone that and we can actually show them the process, um, they catch on. Sure. So they're really interested because it's a massive issue, and because they know um, you know that these uh, these job seekers, even though they might seem relevant, and Han mentioned it earlier, um, might leave after the first month because of the, because of their transport costs. I mean, in one of the the pilots that we did with with one of Africa's largest retailers, uh, we. We were able to place, I think, fifty-four uh, percent of the people that we placed could walk to work. Wow! Um, so, and I mean, it's not always possible, but that's something we we really do focus on uh, for the sustainability or the stickiness of of uh, the person that that receives the work, so that they really stay, because uh, that's invaluable to uh, to a company.
2: Yeah. Wow. I think to add to that, sixty-five so percent of those candidates we placed, the feedback was that they would never have gotten the job because they were not <coughs> able to go and drop off a paper CV, but the company only looked at paper CV. So because the job wasn't job jacked, they got access to the job and they got the job. Which
0: yeah. is quite cool. Just out of interest, have you guys got a recording somewhere or a tally of how many people have been placed, actual like, numbers of people that have been placed?
2: It's difficult. Um, so we, we uh, obviously prioritize and tracking our data off the bat mm-hmm. wasn't the priority, uh, but we did start doing that now. Mm. So
1: for this month, something yeah. we've placed about seventy seventy people, yeah. okay? um, which is you know which is a drop in the bucket. Yeah, uh, but it, it's something we're getting there, um, and it's uh, it's you know growing by almost hundred percent a month. Um, so so yeah, we we really yeah we're really getting there. Um, just I mean some some value we add to companies. I mean if you if you look at the the feedback that we've gotten, the average company takes about um, spends about four hours. On, on that kind of cycle going through these paper CVs and, and phoning up businesses. Um, with us, they spend about five minutes of mm-hmm. their time. And uh, usually they take anything between two to three weeks um, gathering enough paper CVs and organizing interviews. Uh, with us, uh, us, it's anything between 20, 24 to, let's say, 72 hours. Wow. Yeah, so, so it's really, we're getting, and we're improving, you know, by by the week, I want to say. So it's really it's really that's great. Awesome. Yeah, that's really
0: very- cool.
1: No,
2: for, for one of the clients we were working with, so just an interesting set. Um before us, they were used to about uh, 63% of candidates that they arranged an interview with, to actually pitch for that interview. And through us, it was uh, 90, I think 91% of the candidates mm-hmm. that arranged to actually pitch for the interview. Yeah. So it's just,
1: there's yeah. lots of and these the, little And stats, the candidates that passed the interview before us was, was about 40%, and after us, it was
0: about 94%. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. That's, cool. that's awesome. And it's in the stats, as you said. If you're, if you're a stats man or woman and you like to hear those numbers, then that's, that's enough to give you chills around sitting here just uh, completely. I mean, um, chill, it's incredible. Um, what is the average turnaround time? So, if someone has to apply via the, the web browser, they submit to their profile. It obviously depends on, I suppose, like the industry or the job type. But is there a, and it's an average time where Matthew, who's applied for a waiting job, um, have you guys been able to sort of figure that one out yet, do you think?
2: We So, uh, in South Africa, there's more job seekers than jobs available. So, what we try to focus on is is giving everyone feedback, even if it is bad feedback. Yeah. So, even if it's um, to say that your job application was unsuccessful because we've realized that enormous people could drop off paper CVs, but they never hear back. Mm-hmm. So, they don't know what's cooking. So, a big part of what we're trying to do is to, to keep the job seekers in the loop. Um, that said, it does differ... Quite a bit from company to company um, because one company might have a a recruiting cycle of a week where another company might decide to do four or five rounds of interviews over the period of a month. So uh, we're working on getting that down as quickly as possible,
1: but uh, it it depends on the company at this stage. To to give you an idea, Matt, so we at the moment, we're sitting at about um, 60,000 users um and which is which is amazing but as i mentioned you know there are more job seekers than than you know um, job givers in in the country um so we're really trying to get that balance um and uh, you know we we really try and add value where it was not successful so and i mean the the turnaround time as you mentioned also depends on the company if they take their time then you know it is time taken. Um, so, you know, it's, it's something that we try and balance on both sides. We're trying to remind companies as well to, to really give feedback and then likewise to, to job seekers, to, um, you know, to really keep their spirits up. Cause I mean, at the end of the day, what we're trying to create is hope. Yeah, of
2: course. If we, if we, the, all the clients we're working with and piloting with and in the process of rolling them out, just the ones that we're, we're working with at the moment, if we, uh, were to roll them all out, have them fully rolled out and work with them for about a year, we'll probably do between twenty and twenty five thousand placements, which is which is still short of, you know, the sixty thousand users we have. Sure. Um, but that said, obviously that's the reason why we are working hard to grow as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. yeah. So would you guys still consider JobJack a startup?
1: yes, yes. Yeah, <laughs> very, very much so two so. people
0: in the office yeah. to a database of 60,000 years yeah no. we, we would so
1: yeah, yeah I mean we um, to give you an idea so we live in Kenya as well in Nairobi in Kenya uh, we have Emmanuel heading up operations there and and how we see ourselves as, as a startup is you know besides the, the financial implications of us having to only work at scale mm-hmm. um, and we're not at the scale where we need to be it is we're really in in still a growth phase, still a learning phase, still a testing phase. So every day, yeah, you know, every week at least, there's something new we're testing uh, to to see where we can add value to to the market. Uh, and I mean, yes, we do try and add processes uh, and you know to to help us uh, function as an organization. Uh, we you know we blessed enough to come out of. Out of a background where we have seen these processes work and not work uh, in in the auditing world um so but but absolutely i mean the startup is uh, you know i mean facebook still sometimes refers to themselves as a startup so if, if they can then surely i mean we still got some time to to uh, to play with the coin yeah, yeah. just to give you an idea i think
2: i looked yesterday we've got uh, more than 60 projects mapped out uh, that our dev team needs to tackle and that's gonna take you know <laughs> years probably. Sure. So um, so there's still a lot of a lot that needs to be done.
0: Right. Right. And I love the fact that you now mentioned Nairobi because there was one thing I wanted to to bring up um, as well is what is the African footprint look like for Jobjack? Is it something that you guys are considering, maybe not in the next two months <laughs> but in the next two years. Mm-hmm. Is there that goal to to broaden hypothetically the horizons into Africa or really try and focus on
2: South Africa first. Yeah, so our our vision, JobJokes' vision, is to employ the world, starting right here in in Zanzi, Mm -hmm. the tip of Africa. And uh, and, and obviously, we first have to figure out South Africa before we can really go flat out into any other country. But the problem definitely exists in, for example, Nairobi in Kenya. And um, earlier this year, I actually went to Nairobi to go look and see uh, for myself. But also speaking with businessmen in Tanzania, um, in Nigeria, the same problem exists in those countries. Um, but to add to that, um, uh, what we also realized is um, even in first world countries, there's not a dominating player in the entry level job market. <coughs> there's no there's no one do- dominating it the way that LinkedIn is dominating it. So yeah. we, we see a, a gap for that as well. I mean, I mean, uh, I went to the U.S. last year and. Um, Burger King uh, and the Starbucks. Uh, we're hiring posters in their windows. When you buy fast food from Taco Bell, they literally print on the slip, we're hiring. Um, i went going to, um, to Amsterdam last year. I mm-hmm. know uh, this year. This year, this year uh, the same. Mm-hmm. I, I, I actually, yeah, actually just returned from Singapore. The same,
1: like everyone's. And I'm, and I mean, what what yeah, what Aaron's getting at is is these large companies are not making use of efficient, you know, te- technological solutions. Mm. It's posters in the in the in the windows. So it's something that we we are testing. I mean, it's you know we've went to check it out, and and Kenya was this perfect opportunity. We were uh, yeah, really blessed with with Emmanuel, you know, making contact and wanting to get involved. So that's something we're running kind of on the side. He's doing it full time. And um, we're really testing out the market to be able to duplicate um, something. Because, I mean, you know, Africa is is part of our vision, you know, of employing the world. And and it's something that should be easily duplicated, uh, which we thought. And, I mean, we've started proving that or we've started seeing that uh, with what Emmanuel's been doing. I mean, I think we're sitting at about 4,000 users in, in Kenya. And yes. Emmanuel's really uh, such a champion. So getting there, not the next few months, as you mentioned. Sure. But, uh, but, yeah, as soon as we've... We found, you know, leeway or uh, you know, some winning recipes in South Africa. Uh, then, then we'll look at
0: expanding. Yeah. You know. Well, I mean, guys, yeah, this is this is freaking awesome. And if we're looking at stats, I mean, just prior to uh, coming here today, the things that I, common um, i mentioned, I'm sure you guys are familiar with it as well. But um, private households, transport, and mining has had the the biggest decline in, in terms of unemployment this year. Um, youth unemployment is at fifty six point four percent, which is massive, yep. obviously. It's um, the unemployment rate for women is 31.3%, for men twenty seven point seventeen. Is there a is there a particular way hearing these numbers where you're like, okay, so we're in the place, we're in the space, we're we're a player, uh, and I don't know if this question kind of makes sense. So I'm trying to figure it out here as we go as well, but. How is it that now you hear these numbers and it's like, cool, well, we need to lower the unemployment rate for women. We need to lower that unemployment mm-hmm. rate first and foremost for women. Then, and then within these particular industries, private yep. households, mining Do you? is it also knocking on mining company stores and being like, hey guys, we've got a solution for you? Um,
1: no, so so it's a super good question. Um, so we do try and focus on, you know, your, your markets that really have been overlooked. So, I mean, about, uh, I think... Uh, 70% of our users are uh, women, um, so I mean that's something we really do chunk and concentrate on. And we've noticed that companies have also really started stepping up with regards to that. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean these stats are something we do mention to companies. And um, but to answer your second question with regards to industries, so I mean we, we are open to you know to to entry level jobs that that you know companies are, you know, have vacancies for. But at the moment we've kind of started looking, okay, cool. We are we, uh, targeting retailers at the moment, uh, to figure, figuring out their processes and then kind of dominating them, then move on to the next industries. Um, we haven't, uh, you know, specifically excluded or uh, not, you know, um, not focused on various industries such as mining or so, uh, but for now, I mean, we are only, you know, we are only a small team, so uh, we do only have the infrastructure to take on so much. And we've r- r- decided rather to take on it in a sustainable way than just opening up ourselves for every every person to come in, every industry to come in, and then losing grip of uh, you know of the entire spectrum. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, I mean, as we're sitting here, me and I are itching to take on every industry that there is to r- really help eradicate this massive problem we have. Um, because we know we have the capability, but we do know what we don't know sometimes. So we've surrounded ourselves with really cool strategic uh, mentors and, and people to help us stay focused uh, on aspect per aspect. And in that way, we've noticed that we dominating, moving on, dominating, moving on. So
2: you know, it's really cool. I think to add to that practically with regards to the 29.1% unemployment rate. So from job's Act perspective, if you can enable businesses to fill the jobs that they are not able to fill at the moment, then there's a, few hundred thousand jobs most probably out there that can uh, be filled and Mm -hmm. and then secondly um, for an economy to grow um, obviously or for more jobs to be created the economy needs to grow and any um, anything basically such as JobJack, that enables companies to operate more effectively um, creates an environment where they can can grow Mm -hmm. and then lastly um, the the, uh, my viewpoint is that the most important part of a company is the people that work for the company and if you are able to get the right people in the right companies then that would also enable the companies to grow and then hopefully employ more people so uh, not not a direct or well, uh, apart from filling unfilled jobs and yeah. uh, just remaining unfilled
0: not a direct impact but uh, an impact in a way it's a really grassroots. i love that completely and obviously they can change the company culture because they've got the quality now and they can focus on they're obviously onboarding for anyone is quite expensive as it is. They mm-hmm. want to make sure that they're not wasting time nor mm-hmm. money or resources. Uh, and making sure they have those right candidates come through, I think is, is crucial. Mm-hmm. And it's so great to hear like at, at like where it's coming from and the mission and the, the message behind it, I think is it's really powerful. It's really, really powerful. Um, you touched on it briefly now, but sort of segue into the next question was um, have you had any opportunity for partnerships? Has anyone reached out and said, I love what you guys are doing, uh, let us get involved, either financially or either marketing you guys? Or Have you had any experience with that yet?
2: Yeah, so I think something that we're excited about that we're actually working on from a tech perspective is the ability to allow um, organizations that help with getting people job ready and that help with training uh, people uh, to integrate with JobJack. So, okay. um, what there's Hundreds of organisations out there that focus on helping people uh, to, you know, just get job ready. To, to know that, you know, uh, when you're working with a client, look them in the eye, the, the, bare, the bare basics. And then there's people that dive in deep and spend, uh, f- find people that are really struggling and spend a year or two or three with them to really um, g- get them employable. That sounds terrible, but that is the reality in South Africa. Um, and to then. Um, connect with those institutions, allow job seekers to sign on JobJack to say, I've been through this course at this institution. Um, and the institution can then say, Yes, this is true. They get a badge, and that uh, uh, um, relationship or the, the fact that they then went through that training increases their probability of actually getting a job because jobs uh, companies will realize, Cool, these job seekers. Have this and this and this training that we never knew in the past, and they are maybe better for the specific position.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. And uh, the fact that you just brought up that, that, um, the tech side of it is why well, I've seen, and obviously you posted a couple of days ago, I think it was on your own LinkedIn, JobJack LinkedIn, how appsafrica.com, um, you guys have been a part of the, uh, you're a finalist for disruptive innovation, um, for the disruptive innovation category. How does that make you feel? Is that a, I mean, it's a whole different space perhaps that. Wasn't even on your radar a year and a half ago, yeah. and now it's like you're disrupting tech space or you know, an app space in Africa, and you're a fund. How does that feel? No
1: it's, no, it's great. It's it's a great validation. Obviously, it's I mean, it is really cool, and we're super you know thankful and blessed for you know for being nominated. Uh, but at the end of the day, we need to deliver results. We have a mission to get you know to employ the world. Um, so that's just showing that, that people are seeing the value that we're adding. And I mean, that's great. That just helps motivate us to say, okay, even though we're not there yet, uh, we, you know, taking it, uh, bit by bit. So, yeah, you know, it's cool. It's a nice
0: motivator.
2: Yeah. It motivates the team as well, which yeah.
0: cool. is always good. Yeah, well, congratulations to so you guys. Hope that it pulls through. Would you know when the, um, the, the date would be when you guys 7th or? of November. Yeah. Yeah? I Yeah. think it's the 11th, actually. Oh, I'm lucky buddy. Oh. okay. <laughs> I'll set a on the same w- day do check that one <laughs> um, but I, I mean, I, I'll be looking out as well and I wish you guys all the best so that would be pretty cool um, last couple of questions just to sort of round off uh, you really briefly mentioned on the kind of support that you've had from mentors or guidance are there any is there anyone or anything in particular that stands out that has helped either yourselves individually in this journey or Job Jack as a whole
1: up to this point, mm. I think yeah. So we were um, recently part of an accelerator called uh, Trigger Ventures, um, and I mean that changed our whole point of of oh. view of business, uh, our oh. life personally as well. I um, want to our lives, yeah, <laughs> definitely our lives. Um, <laughs> Can but you yeah, just, explain
0: <clears> why, why? Yeah, of course,
1: Ventures? yeah. So so Trigger Ventures is uh, yeah, it's basically an accelerator. They they recently also launched the uh, academy, which is for uh, for younger for youth. Uh, entrepreneurs, uh, but so basically, uh, they, each year they select uh, twelve ventures, um, and and they go through a six month process of, and it it is a, a for, for myself and Hein, uh, you know our, our base is our, our faith, uh, and I mean that it really helps us, it really carries us. I mean it's the core of everything we do. So they are a, a Christian based um, accelerator, but but you know besides that, if, if you you know if you take that yeah you know, uh, out of the picture and you just take it from a uh, from a worldly point of view, I mean, they um, they really showed us that, you know, everything we do, you know, just needs to be to serve, to serve your community, to serve uh, your your customers and and that uh, whatever we do is really kind of a, a mission unto others, if it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I mean, it, it really conveyed to us it's something a lot of people know or, you know, you have it in the back of your head, but to see examples of of people that do it. And I mean, in this accelerator, there are, uh, I think, over 40 mentors, and I mean people that have have done incredible things, like really, really incredible things. To to be able to see how they've actually stepped into action of either giving parts of their companies away, either you know really putting out hours of the of their busy day to really go serve the most insignificant, if you know, if you will, a person. Really showed us the value in putting yourself, you know, uh, lost and and your customer, your client. Uh, any person really uh, before you and really, really, everyday aiming to, to make their lives better. And I think that's something we've tried to portray to our team and to each customer we serve, whether it uh, be a business
0: or a job seeker. Yeah. Awesome. And uh, excuse the, uh, I suppose, the naivety around this question, but is Trigger something that you just apply for online? <laughs> Uh, yeah,
1: so well, it is, it is actually. It is actually. They they do have uh, a few uh, information sessions throughout the year. So I mean, you, you can check out the the uh, website as well. Uh, I'll, I'll send it to you, and um, and the, the, I mean, you can go to the, the the info sessions, or you can just you can make contact with them. They're really such incredible people. Uh, great team, and and yes, then it is actually just something you can apply for online, nice. uh, and then you'll go through interview, um, you know, rounds and and they'll determine if your company is ready
0: for, for this accelerator uh, or not. Yeah. yeah, I think it's it's incredible how I'm just thinking now, it's almost gone full circle from the first thing we spoke about and your perspectives on pitching an idea, having that first step, having that action point from that point. It's good to have that idea, but to follow through and do something. Mm. Um, and I think the, how I'm relating this back to what's post-outcome podcasts that I hope to achieve with the podcast itself is that the idea for someone to be creative. Be ambitious. Get a bit sweaty with, you know, scaring something. that uh, that's, They scare themselves once a day and they follow through with it. That it could be anything. It could be personal or intimate. doesn't really matter. But actually following through with it and then seeing what could come of it. Um, it's quite clear to see the there. sort of our conversation, how the two of you have sort of had that upbringing or those experiences and how the conversation then to, to join Trigger or to apply and get involved with Trigger. And there's loads of other... I suppose organizations like Startup Ground in Cape Town as well, there's Africa. that are all doing very similar things that are helping to, you know, build the confidence amongst entrepreneurs, amongst companies and employers, um, and as as, well, as as you say, have hope. Push the, push the country forward, which is awesome. Um, last two questions for you boys. Um, are there any particular tricks or tips that you guys do either as an office or personally that you guys have that are that are very sort of job jack-esque. Mm. Um,
1: yeah, so, so I mean, we, we're still pretty young. Uh, I'm 26 and I'm 27. Um, so, I mean, you know, we can't just sit still for longer than, or well, okay, we do sit still for like 12 hours a day, but, you know, so what we've incorporated, we, we uh, have a little hacky sack, um, you know, 10 minutes about twice a day, okay. which is really awesome with the whole team. Um, and besides that, we really try and, yeah, incorporate uh, getting uh, getting involved outside of uh, you know outside of work as well. I mean, you know, I'm privileged enough to be one of Hans' groomsmen, uh, so that's just testimony to the friendship that, that's really come out of this whole process. And um, and I think, yeah, I mean, just part of part of what we do. I mean, every Friday, you know, we just blast music. Can't now because we're having this podcast. <laughs> um, but we, we just blast music and, and really just celebrate victories, even though they're small victories every every Friday. Um, you know, there's there's some champagne and, and whatever the case may be, uh, to really grow, to really help share knowledge, to really reflect on on what we've been blessed with. Yeah, um, I don't know if you have anything to add.
2: Oh, I to add a, uh, another little example to add on to Christian is uh, we have a every we have a bunch so that's uh, so we call ourselves the Job Jack Pack, okay. so it's the Pack Lunch. So once a week we sit together and eat, <laughs> and we cool. usually play some game or something. So just you know little things to to keep um, the relationship and the team healthy and, and, and keep everyone motivated. And then I think something that I can add, which we actually uh, learned, it's really, very basic, but that we learned from one of the mentors at Trigger, and, and it's personal, um, uh, it, he basically, a long story short, it's his advice for uh, someone that's really, you know, successful to overachieve and to be able to stand out among a pack of people that are really, you know, achievers, if I can put it like that. So, this, I want to beat Christian at life, then then this is what his advice is. So, he said that um, you must sleep enough. I know it sounds stupid and basic, but uh, we've, we've both started applying it, and it really helps you to perform. So, sleep yeah. enough. We recommended eight hours. We're going for seven. Um, to, to exercise every day. So, it's a challenge, but we are working on it. To eat healthy. Um, so, pretty obvious things, but actually implementing those things really helps mm-hmm. and then um, to, uh, well, f- for us now to to spend time with, with God and, and pray
1: every day but um, or meditate or whatever the case may be just to, um, to you yeah. uh, know. Yeah. yeah, so I mean, something practically we've put in place, both myself and I get up at 5 o'clock every morning and then we have the kind of, you know, exercise and, you know, just get quite a bit um, so that you're ready for the day. By the time mm-hmm. we get to the office at 6 or 6.30, we amped, you know, we kind
0: of Ready to take on the world. Six or six thirty. What is that? Woo! <laughs> Just trying to miss the traffic. I'm sure. So. <laughs> it's only yeah. It's like, so that's um, yeah. It's very cool. And I'm gonna include those. Um, I'm gonna include those notes that, that recommendation through in the show notes as well for those that are uh, looking to shape things up a little bit their side. Uh, my last question for you guys is: um, word of mouth is exceptionally powerful for someone who's in perhaps a little bit more of a privileged position that has a job. But that has this philanthropic or humanitarian side that wants to, that knows someone that like trying to get involved. How can they help Jobjack on on their mission to to employ the world? What what can I do in my car on the way back now uh, assist your mission? Um, I think um, we uh, the
2: the. biggest, uh, not problem, but the the, the biggest thing that Jobjack needs at the moment is more companies and more jobs because we have these users and they're fantastic users. We just need to get them into jobs. So if you're working at a company and your company employs entry-level staff, which is almost any company out there, um, then get in contact with us and we'll drive through, come see you and see
1: whether we'll be able to assist you, which is almost always yes. <laughs> um, so I think that's... A, yeah, I think... Yeah, I think between between that, you know, intros just to uh, to any any of those job possibilities. We we really just there to add value. Um, so we'll see if we can add value. Then to if you know of someone looking for an entry level job, so this is any job not requiring qualification, to refer them to our website. Um, and and yeah, just I mean, we we always open to you know to receiving advice, giving advice.
0: We we here to learn. We here to uh, solve a problem. That's on everyone's heart, so, um, yeah. Yeah, brilliant, and obviously the website for those that haven't yet checked out is just simple, jobjack.co. today. I'll include all of this in the show notes as well. Uh, are there any other ways that people can get in touch with you? Um, everything's on the website. Mm-hmm. Everything's yeah, on the website. Perfect. On the website. Yeah. Perfect, well, all of that will be up there, um, so you guys can have a look at it. There will obviously be uh, a few of the cool points which had mentioned now about shaping up uh, or starting your somewhat morning routine and making sure that you're great, that you're great for success. Um, and I'll include uh, a good summary of what we had discussed today. But James, I want to thank you for your time this morning. Um, it was awesome to dig a little bit deeper into the why behind Job Jack, how you're actually making that difference. And hearing the numbers, I think, is, is really, really important. And it's, in, uh, it's chilling to hear. But to know that there is people out there that are sort of moving the needle forward, I, I think is, is awesome. So I want to thank you both for, for joining me. Thanks so much, Maren. What a
1: privilege and a blessing to, to have this chat with you. Thanks, man. Thanks, guys.